Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are ranking linebackers for the potential 2024 NFL draft class. Yeah, linebackers, so many different shapes and sizes now. The position has evolved or devolved, depending on who you ask. And it just means that there are so many different types of linebackers. It makes it a little bit tricky to rank, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to give you our top fives here, but also get into that linebacker discussion. What makes a good modern day linebacker? What that player really looks like. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That man in the Hawaiian shirt. Is it a Hawaiian shirt, Connor? I don't know. It's Connor Rogers. We're here to talk to you guys. Flowers, Hawaiian, whatever. We're going to get into Connor's fashion as well as a lot of other things here on this podcast. Mainly what you guys are tuning in for, the title, linebacker rankings. We're going through the potential 2024 class for the linebacker position in the upcoming NFL draft. We're going to talk to you about some of the guys that we're looking forward to for college football this upcoming season, what they're great at, what they need to work on, and ultimately give you guys our top fives for the preseason heading into the regular season. But Connor, how are you doing, my friend? You're looking fresh, but I know you're looking fresh because the NBC work started back up for you, right? Yeah, I had to wake up and be an adult and put clothes, like, you know, shower, put clothes on, get in the car and drive to work. You know, that's, let's be real. How many... 99% of the time on this show, I am wearing a t-shirt, just a colored t-shirt or a stupid whatever on it. When you see me actually dressed like an adult or dressed like I'm on vacation right now, that means (laughs) I went to work that day. Uh, No hat. I actually have my hair done. So yes, back at NBC, Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, Jay Croucher, and myself is back. For those of you in a fantasy league, I would think almost everyone listening to this is in a fantasy league. Yes. Please, we are... Right now we're doing uh, we're at we're on Peacock at 6 p.m., but we will go back to our Monday to Friday schedule at noon every single day, noon Eastern, 12 to one. We're on Sirius Radio. We're on Peacock. We're on YouTube, wherever you it's a podcast, but it's a show. Listen, we got it all covered, man. It's good to be back at work. It's good to be in the flow of things, man. I'm feeling good, but it is great to see you back from Las Vegas. You're alive. You're in one piece. You you look as good as somebody can look coming back from Vegas. Let me tell you, the last time I went to Vegas, was in January and I came back. I thought it felt pretty good, even though I slept about four hours for three to three to four days. And then two days later, I was as ill as I've ever been. I got the <laughs> Vegas flu or whatever it was. It was it was horrific. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad to see you in great health and great spirits. How was the trip? Dude, uh it was great. So this is my third time going to uh third the tour. wonderful unique yeah city of las vegas uh it was my fiance's birthday so we went out to Happy vegas birthday, she, had, she had never been to las vegas before and so i tried to do it right right i asked you a little bit about it i've got some friends right. who go out there all the time and i try to like piece together the best places to eat because we were there for three and a half days for what three and a half Three and a half days. Yeah. So normally that's an eternity in Vegas, but that we planned it all out appropriately to where we weren't trying to burn ourselves out like the first night or even the first couple of nights. So we hit a lot of really great restaurants, saw a comedy show, so it saw a Cirque show, uh, sort of went to a Vegas club. We can get into that a different time. We're not going to get into that right, right now, but if you guys want to hear that story, you definitely can. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's like a mailbag episode that you guys are going to have to ask about. But when we get really off the rails on those. So that makes we did, sense. We, we did it great. Uh, we had a great time. And yeah, anybody 
who's listening to this podcast, if you're ever looking for food wrecks in Vegas, I got you, baby. I got you're gonna you. Don't ask me. <laughs> I don't, yeah, if you're looking for food wrecks. Wrong podcast. Find them somewhere else. Go no, somewhere uh, else. It's a no. It's it, it's good. This was my kind of like last hurrah um before summer vacation was over for me too you know school I school was back in session i think for the both of us going back to this full-time work and now we're uh we're getting back into the summer scouting series so we got linebackers today and look i know we said that we'd get to edge rushers next but because of work schedules and vacation schedules we didn't have the appropriate time that we wanted to invest in edge rushers because i believe connor you said this at the end of last week's podcast Edge rushers a lot like wide receivers where right. we've got to watch 15, 20 ish amount of these players and prospects in order to give you guys the full scope of what we think the class is going to be like, because it's such an important position. So that one's coming next. Edge rushers coming next. We got to linebacker because we, we didn't want to leave the guys hanging for a week. So we got to these linebackers. We grinded the tape, if you will. And here we're going to give you our top five. So um, yeah, Connor linebackers, evolving is that the word even like i think a lot of I people use think the word evolving but yeah it's it's just it's such a strange state and i know you kind of wanted to talk about this right before we dug into the rankings themselves because how we view these prospects and as bill parcells says the nfl can only take what the college football people give them when it comes to prospects Very true and you kind of have to change your draft strategy as different types of players of all different shapes and sizes are changing at the college level and coming to the NFL level. But it just, it, 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 we're in this weird predicament right now where I think we're trying to change over what the linebacker really looks like at the NFL level. And it makes for interesting evals across the board. It really does. I find myself with this position as much as any just looking for the best athletes and hoping that they go to a situation that one fits their skill set. Of course, you could say that about any situation, but at linebacker in today's game, it matters so much because mm -hmm. I mean, the long story short of it, Trevor, you know, this, especially with the data we have at PFF and just watching the games, this league has evolved into one that two linebackers, not three linebackers are really on the field for a right. majority of the snaps. Right. And, that doesn't mean you have less defenders in the box. There's a lot of safeties that live in the box. There's a lot of these chess piece players. They're heavier DBs or DBs that can play heavier. But the bottom line is the days of a 260 pound Mike sitting in the middle of the field with, you know, at least two linebackers, you know, a linebacker on each side of them and really heavy run sets and everything. It's just even when the NFL teams that are doing that, they can't look at the college game and find guys that way, the way they used to. And I think it's become, quite frankly, a very difficult position to scout. And I never used to say that when I started doing this. I look at, because the things that translate, it, you get caught up. There's guys that have really good instincts, but are they athletic enough at the next level? There's guys that are really good athletes, but that doesn't mean a lot if you have no instincts and then, of course, can you play heavy? And when I say play heavy, I mean, can you take on the contact coming at you? Can you work through traffic? Do you have the balance? And can you play fast? Can you play sideline to sideline when it's just a, a foot race against these really fast quarterbacks and running backs that are running in outside zone? So it's a weird thing where it's not that the linebackers aren't coming pro ready, although a lot of them aren't. 
But when you look at the college games, so many of them are playing at 215 to 225 pounds. And yes, the NFL linebacker has definitely gotten smaller or lighter because of the speed of the game and because of the necessity to run and chase. But they're all this is still a grown man's game. This is still a come down he'll punch you in the mouth. Can you take my best kind of game with the contact that they need to take on? So I think the long story short of it is the college game for the most part is asking them to be one thing quite often, the best linebacker, the best athlete they could find in the middle of the field. Yes. And the NFL is asking them to be everything. And I think that's why you see, I don't want to say a miss rate, although there is one, but also an adjustment rate. I think of Patrick queen as a recent example, it feels like sure. a guy that just could not get his feet under him and it's starting to click a little bit, but there's countless examples like that. And we're going to go through a lot of these guys today. And I'm kind of fascinated to see, what our top fives for this group look like now compared to when we do them before the draft. Cause I think there's a lot of change that could happen because of the needs to take certain steps and naturally just some guys don't. Yeah. And I think the big one, the headlining one, and there, there's a lot of other, I think hybrid examples, but the one that everybody goes to is Isaiah Simmons, right? Oh, because Simmons to this point is, I mean, failure seems really harsh to say about a guy who's still playing in the NFL. But I think everybody looked at Isaiah Simmons and they went, wow, look at this chess piece player for Brett Venables defense and Venables, one of the most respected defensive minds in all of football college or the NFL, yeah. what he is able to do and he's how he's able like to it. orchestrate defenses right now, certainly as uh, Oklahoma's head coach now. And I think a lot of people looked at Isaiah Simmons and they went, this guy's going to play linebacker at the next level. He's got insane length. He's got insane athleticism, and he's just going to be this perfect, new-age, modern, hybrid linebacker type of a player. And what ended up happening, Connor, is he couldn't play between the tackles. He didn't have that physicality. So I, I, I don't really – I don't disagree with anything you said. You're you're looking for these good linebackers – or sorry, these good athletes that are playing at the linebacker position in college, but at the same time, you've got to be able to – play between the tackles at the NFL level you have to. And for as much as we want to sit here and focus on coverage, because coverage ability gives you the most bang for your buck, if you will, like those linebackers that are really great in coverage. Those are the ones that obviously impact negatively impact the passing game for the offense that they're going up against. And those are also the guys that get paid really well. Cause those coverage instincts, those, that athleticism, that feel that, that, I for takeaways, interceptions, all that, like that's the stuff that gets paid. But at the same time, you got to have that and you've got to be able to fill the run, right? And you got to be able to fit the gap. And especially as the game is changing and the boxes are getting lighter at the NFL level, the more linebackers you take off the field, sure, we all think about the better range and coverage you have to be if you're one of those two linebackers on the field, but also the stronger you got to be in run defense. You've got to sometimes be able to fill the middle gaps, sometimes the edge gaps, like sometimes both, right? You've got to be able to read and react and you got to be strong enough to take on pullers or be able to crash the line of scrimmage or be somebody who's going to loop around defensive tackles who are crashing in stunt stunt plays. So it's it's almost like, you know, we've talked a lot about running backs and – the devaluation of their contracts and what they're getting around the league. I sometimes feel as though 
linebackers get caught up in that too, where people go, oh, you know, you just pay the guys who are really good in coverage and the rest of them, I mean, you could you could find a linebacker every year. The, again, Not sure. the, yeah. the more linebackers you're taking off the field, the more you are going to say, hey, nickel is the new base, we're playing with two linebackers instead of three, that just means those two linebackers have to be that much more valuable to what you do. So that does, in turn, make it difficult to sometimes find the guys that you need to who you can normally check the boxes of these guys being athletic. And we're going to get to that, I think, throughout our top fives. But it's getting harder and harder to check that athletic box and check the strength box. I watched 10 guys for this exercise. Now, I'm probably going to end up watching another five, six, maybe right. before I get to our, our big board at the end of the summer. But of the 10 guys that I watched, Connor, one was above the 50th percentile in off-ball linebacker weight. One out of 10. That just shows you how crazy this movement is to get these guys who are smaller and faster and quicker at the college level. But They've got to be able to answer the questions. Can they hold up with strength too? So it's a really interesting conversation. And I think every year we kind of go through this same thing is, can you find those linebackers that can really do it all? Yeah. And it, it, it find those types is getting harder and harder. It really is. I, I can almost sit here and make the case. If you found a unicorn that is a three down player that can offer you a little bit of pass rush that can run and cover and hold up against the run. A lot of people go like, oh, you don't take off ball linebackers in the first round. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that if you could find that guy. But finding that guy is very hard. And, and you know, before I get into number five here, this class has guys that can be that. But and obviously this is summer scouting. So there's a longer projection ahead, which is a great thing. But there is no unicorn, in my opinion, right now that is that there's, just, in my opinion, a lot of guys that uh you hope can grow into that. So you want me to kick things off right now? Number five, because it kind of it kind of goes into the conversation we just had. And and number five for me is Cedric Gray, the linebacker out of UNC. Somebody who uh is six two and a half, two hundred and thirty-five pounds. Now listed, of course. Listed. Now I have him lighter. I have yeah, him two thirty. I that to me would be high. So that's good if he is. Okay. Right. Um, he's just, yeah, he's arms and legs, right? Like when you watch him play, it's just a lot of arms and legs flying everywhere in a good way. It's good that it looks like he has length to oh, me. True. And, he, and he wins with length, but you're right. When he is running, man, yeah. those arms, arms are like windmills. They really, they really are. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but he's also somebody too, that, you know, the good with Cedric Gray, in my opinion, and this is somebody last year that had 82 solo stops, 12 tackles for a loss, two interceptions and eight passes broken up. He was insanely productive for UNC last year. So mm-hmm. the fact they have him coming back into the fold as a senior linebacker is, I mean, that's really big news for them because he's a, don't get it mixed up. He's a playmaker at the college level. He's got legit sideline to sideline wheels. He yep. can really get, to this, he can win the foot race to the sideline pretty consistently, and it's impressive. I brought up those long arms, like you said, Trevor. Those can those can aid him in a lot of ways. Whether it's trying to keep blocks off him, but more importantly, can he disrupt passing lanes? You know, when you play with length at the next level, it's just it's another uh, kind of weapon in your back pocket there. And and Gray to me, 
just from tape study looks like he has length. Now he is the classic case of a guy right now though, that he needs to add phone booth strength, right? When things get in crowded areas or things get a little rough and tough. I mean, he's going to get bounced around a little bit and he's not, you'll see some of these guys he's listed six, two and a half. And I believe it. He looks six, two and a half. He really does. Mm -hmm. You'll see some of these guys listed more six, two, six, one. They might be six feet tall. He's a little bit more stretched out where the good news is he's got the long strides. He's got the arm length, but also you can lose the leverage game when you're that light. He really looked 225 to me on tape. He looked like a big, strong safety, but he plays fast and he makes plays. He makes plays in coverage. He makes plays in the backfield. He could shoot through gaps. This is, these are notes that you're going to hear for a lot of different college linebackers, but Number five was really brutal for me. I'm going to be honest here with five. There was um, one guy that I, I think could have challenged it. I didn't get to through as much of his tape as I wanted to. And you're going to talk a lot about him, which is good. It's good. We check that before the show. So we get to mention the guys that deserve it. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy that I watched tons of that I had at number five and I went with the, you know, more premium athlete, Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio state was somebody that I looked at him. I mean, he's as productive as you could possibly be at the college level. He sticks his nose and everything. He's got great instincts. I thought there was times he looked a little tight in the hips. I didn't think he was the same kind of run and chase guy as gray, but he's highly productive. And there's a floor there that you really, really like, but this comes down to where the league is going where speed matters so much. And, I thought Gray has all checks all the boxes in terms of the play speed, the actual speed and the length, but he's got to add some compact mass. I think I would call it mm-hmm. to play in those rough and tough areas on the inside run game. So Cedric Gray at number five, somebody for me that if he shows a little bit more, what am I looking for? You know, a bit of a heavyweight game. He doesn't need to be a heavyweight. Let's make just a little bit more mm-hmm. than he's somebody that should go in the first three rounds of the draft. So, it's funny because before we hit record on this show, Connor, you said to me, I wonder how different our lists are going to be because linebacker is often kind of different. And there is one way in which they're going to be different. You said that you don't have Tommy Eichenberg in your top five. I do. So we'll get to him a little bit later. We both have Cedric Gray at five. Well, I, I have him, okay. I have him at number five. So um, I'll go over some of my notes. I can't remember any of the, some of the background that you might've uh, given, but just to, not a lot of background, really just talked about the players. So background would be, besides the stats. Sure. Senior, North Carolina, um, had a chance to come out last year, opted to return. Um, he was a four-star prospect from Charlotte, North Carolina, so local dude-ish. Um, actually played wide receiver and linebacker in high school. I read that. Played basketball for three seasons in high school as well, so dual sport athlete, Pete Carroll, eat your heart out. Uh, he has started 25 games already for UNC, so He's going to have a lot of starts and experience at linebacker once he gets to the NFL level. You much you mentioned how much he played last year, 985 snaps, almost a yeah. thousand snaps last year, which is super impressive. So he he has one of the PFF stats that I list for all of these guys that I looked up was total missed tackles. Because obviously as a linebacker, you got to be reliable. So he missed 17 total tackles, which is high. That's a lot of tackles that you miss in a year, but you got to think about how much they're playing and also how many tackle attempts they had. So that was actually only 10% of the missed tackle percentage, which was tied for the lowest mark of the 10 guys that I watched. So you got to keep that in mind there too. 
Um, had 17 total pressures as a pass rusher, had a 15.6% pass rush win percentage. They don't ask him to pass rush a ton, but really just as a linebacker kind of crashing that line of scrimmage, whether it's the A gap, the B gap. He didn't do a ton. I don't remember. I don't, I don't think uh, on the edge. So it's not like real edge work, like outside linebacker, three, four edge work, but it's a blitzer really. Yeah. Attacking the pocket, but still 15.6% pass rush win percentage. You love to see that. He had two interceptions and four forced incompletions. You know, coverage grades at PFF, I'll say this, especially for linebackers, are it's tough to have those numbers be projectable, at least like project consistently, because so much of what you do in coverage as a linebacker has to do with the rest of the team around you and how the offense is operating that day. So coverage grade itself as a raw stat is tough to be consistent forced incompletions and plays on the ball are something that typically if you were good if you were good at it 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 typically sustains so that's something that you should mark and for forced incompletions somebody might say like oh that's not a lot but remember don't compare them to corners like corners get a lot more forced incompletions because the ball's coming their way covering all day yeah and that's how they're stopping it they're supposed to be as close to the receiver as possible a lot of these linebackers they're trying to just keep everything in front of them. So they're not really, it's not a lot of forced incompletions. And if you can force four incompletions on a season, that's a decent number. So you like that. You like that note from him. I agree with you completely. And, and we actually see this prospect very similarly. Really great sideline to sideline speed. I think he's a great athlete. Stop and start ability is fantastic. Um, he gives you that speed to get into the backfield, to cut in between the blockers, to to, to erase an, ang- an angle for the runner, if you will. So the athletic boxes, he is definitely checking. Oh, I forgot to read the measurables. Six foot two, which is the 59th percentile. And then if he's 230, so you mentioned he might be like 225. If he's 230, that's just the 14th percentile of all off-ball linebackers. So that's outside linebackers and inside linebackers. He projects more towards that inside linebacker area. I think he's a great attacking player. He's a C-ball, get-ball kind of guy. I agree with you that... I wanted to see more power from him, but I think I know why he's not packing as much of a punch. When I watch him, and there are a couple of guys that we'll get to later in this list, and Tommy Eichenberg is one of them. When they're playing linebacker, they are in a squatted stance. Their butt's down a little bit. Even after the ball is snapped, when they're moving left to right, when they're moving even towards the line of scrimmage, they are kind of down almost in this like, pounce mode to where if they want to they could just put their foot in the ground they can call upon their quad strength they can get up into an offensive lineman that they're probably going to be shorter than and they can use that leverage to really carry and really bring themselves to power even though they weigh about 60 80 pounds less than the offensive lineman that they're going up against gray stands straight up when that ball gets snapped he stands straight up and when he is running towards the line of scrimmage You also see him, very upright runner. And when he hits those offensive linemen, he is hitting them with no leverage. He's meeting them basically at eye level head on. And guess what? The guy who outweighs you by 60, 80 pounds, he's going to beat you. He's going to have more power than you. So as a linebacker, the way that you make up for that is you got to stay low. You got to stay squatted a little bit. You got to stay in an attack stance, if you will. And that's something that I think is... Something that Gray can work on, although, you know, 
when you see the long arms and long limbs from him, that also means he's probably a little high waisted and he is, that makes yeah, it a little bit more difficult to be flexible at the hips to really sink down. But that's something that I think he could work on because you mentioned as he kind of gains weight, I think he's going to need to gain another five, 10 pounds at the NFL level. You keep that speed, but you get a lot more power, especially if you start utilizing that leverage. So we saw him very similarly. Uh, I think this is an athlete that you definitely could take a chance on somewhere in the mid rounds is probably where I project him right now, but uh, excited to see him. I hope he, I hope he kind of gets a lot better in the strength areas because this is a prospect that I think people are going to like because of that athletic ability. Right. We both have him at five. We see him the same. I think that what you like is even if he doesn't develop into a starter that you a prospect that you project as a starter, he has a lot of special teams ability with that athleticism profile oh, right out of the gate. And that's yeah. what NFL teams love. They'll gladly draft depth at linebacker that can play specials. That could be a sub package player. And then we'll see him if we can get him up to being a full-time player. So really, really promising athletic profile with Cedric Gray. All right. So number four for me is a guy that if he finishes draft season as the number one linebacker consensus, I would be not surprised in the slightest, not surprised in the slightest. And that is uh Jamon Dumas Johnson from Georgia. Okay. So, I mean, when you look at him, 6'1", 245, out of all the linebackers I watched, he was the one, if you just showed me him on tape and you didn't give me any power of the Google machine, I would tell you that he is by far the heaviest. And he is, you remember I told you there's one linebacker that's above the 50th percentile weight? It's got to be him. It is Dumas Johnson, yes. yes. Yeah, I mean, he he's a big dude. And he's only six one, so two forty five. Though that thick. is a lot of mass. This is a <laughs> thick dude. I wrote thick, powerful frame that could yep. bounce through traffic. I mean, he finished so two thousand twenty two, true sophomore season for the national championship Georgia Bulldogs. He finished as a finalist for the Buckus Award. He had seventy total tackles, nine tackles for a loss, four sacks, twenty six pressures. Yep. This dude, when you look at you know, all the linebackers trending one way in college football. This is a little bit of that, you know, while they zig, I zag kind of guy. This is kind of your tough MFR in the trenches. Well, George he, does that any, with Stackhouse, and, right? I mean, from bingo, from the inside out, Georgia is all about we're not losing power. We're just not going to lose. And they have everything. I mean, their third stringers are can be starters most places. So that's why I think Georgia, you're right though, Trevor, it's a really good callback to Stackhouse. Stackhouse is maybe a first round pick in 1999 with his skill set. Right. And this dude is a no brainer first round pick in 1999, but he's so good right now or can be so good that he could play his way into the first round this year. Is he there yet for me? No, there are deficiencies in his game. I mm-hmm. think that, Number one, you brought up, I, I followed the same trajectory as you during this exercise, missed tackles. He missed 15 in 2002, 22 uh, mm-hmm. against the run, just 15 against the run. Yeah. That, that number is just a little too high for me, especially for somebody this strong, this powerful. Um, they, for a young player, a lot of the times that can be over aggressive nature. He is a dude. I was pleasantly surprised with this group, how often I saw guys wrapping and driving through the waist. i really surprised. This is the one cat that he likes to kind of dip the shoulder sometimes. 
He likes to look around and be like, you know, and you know what? When you're the biggest dude all the time, you mm-hmm. fall into that because it works a lot of the time. But it's it's not a habit you want to take with you to the NFL. And I didn't think it was it wasn't jarring. Right. Remember when we watched Sewell last summer. We were yeah. like, holy shit, man, this guy's going to miss 800 tackles. And yeah. Yeah. it's not that level of like, I'm just dipping my head in my shoulder everywhere. But it's a little bit. And he's a young player. I thought to wrap up the things that I, I, I want to see him really take strides with. I thought he was not as fluid in coverage as he looked in the run game. Mm. It, it was a different player. There's times in coverage where I didn't see the hips as fluid. I didn't see the feet as light. I saw a little bit more thinking rather than doing where you look at the run game. I mean, blockers bounce off of him. He gets to the sideline in a hurry with all that mass. I'm looking at this guy run and I'm, I'm just blown away by the way he can run with all that mass at the linebacker position he does a lot of good things as a blitzer as well because he's relentless. He's strong. He could work downhill. You could blitz him in the a gap. You could blitz him off the edge. And he is so vocal and active with his teammates pre-snap for a sophomore, like big N'Kobe Dean vibes with that, where Mm -hmm. I'm like, this dude's a sophomore on a national championship defense. And he is yelling. He's got everybody lined up. It looks like he's calling things out. He's reading things. He is a little bit of a throwback. He is. But don't let the 61245 great run stuffer fool you. I thought he was way more athletic than I than the eye test would tell you. Just pre-snap eye test him standing there. There was a couple of times where I saw his hustle and his ability to giddy up where I was like, that's a big man moving. And it's it's got to catch up in the run game. And I think that's I'm betting it's comfort experience. Um and those coverage instincts catching up to the run instincts. Mm. And I think if this dude has the season that we think he can have, he'll be a big time prospect if those things catch up. And if they don't, he's still an early down player, a very valuable early down player at the NFL level. So man, Dumas Johnson, I wouldn't say nice surprise, but what see, I've seen a lot of the seniors, right? You just have, they've been around a while. When you get to the guys that are true juniors, mm-hmm. it's exciting because it can go one of two ways. And I thought this one went in the more positive direction. Well, this is one where we probably we probably disagree on him more than maybe we've disagreed on any prospect to this point in summer scouting. I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying that off the top of my head because it kind of feels like it. But that's not to say, like, I hated Dumas Johnson. I just have him as linebacker seven. And the reason I do is because a lot of the the ways that you saw him athletically and you were like, man, he's moving for a guy who's 245. I just didn't see him that way. I saw him as a slower player, as a more powerful player. And I don't disagree with your assessment of him being kind of like that throwback dude. But when I... I just felt like because of the extra weight, he wasn't a rare linebacker prospect who carries the extra weight and yet is also this this crazy athlete. I felt like no, the he's not di- that. No. I thought the change of direction was middling at best. Uh, I thought he had some decent long speed at times, but it's not like he had the opportunity really to open it up and to show that off. The fifty-eight point one coverage grade, the sixteen missed tackles, like and look hands up, right? Like he's a true sophomore, right? He's starting for the first time. So it's not like 
this is the last tape we'll ever watch of this guy. He's obviously got another year to get better. Uh, and maybe that better anticipation is going to allow him to play even faster. Maybe it was a little bit of reserve for him. But from what I saw in 2022, I didn't see the caliber athlete I needed to see to say, okay, this is a top five linebacker, a guy that I would take within the first three rounds. Or, you know, like, I don't, replaceable always seems like a a, um, a harsh term. But, <laughs> you know, actually, this goes against what we said at the first part of the podcast, because I was about to say, I can always find the guys who can be just thumpers in between the line of scrimmage, but maybe this in 2020, maybe in 2022, I can't like maybe college football is just going so light at the linebacker level that these heavier guys actually get a little bit more valuable. But I do want to say that I, I absolutely noted the same thing as you really active, really vocal pre-snap communicator. I mean, he's talking to the defensive line. He's talking to the other linebackers. He's turning around and talking to some of the safeties when they're coming down and they're around him. So the, the, eye for the ball, the eye for the game, if you will, whatever phrase you want to use, he's got that. And that makes me feel like the anticipation and the confidence is going to be there even more for him. He's Because of that weight, 245, he's fearless going up against offensive linemen. I think that's just a prerequisite at Georgia. Like, if you're not afraid to do the dirty work, you ain't going to get on the field. So no. um, I, had him, I had him as linebacker seven just because I have bigger question marks about the athleticism, but we do see a lot of his strengths um, the same. For... Number four for me, I've got Tyron Hopper from Missouri. And this is the guy I wanted to watch more of because I feel like it feels like people are pretty high on him. I need to watch more of him. So he is a redshirt senior. He was at the University of Florida for three years before he transferred over to Missouri. Measures in at six foot two, 232 pounds. At least that's what they say. You watch him on the field, you'll go, mm, are you 230? And I don't know if he's 230 because he doesn't really play like a guy who's 230, even though 230 is not like a very heavy weight either. I, I have him because Missouri lists him at, well, Missouri might have him a little bit different um, on a different official slash unofficial height weight sheet that you and I have. Um, we have him at 232 pounds. That's 20th percentile. So if you just give if you even give him a shade over 230, that's still only the 20th percentile for off ball linebackers. But his game's fun, man. And I'll tell you right. this. I watched, so I watched three games of him. I got through the first half of the first game and I went, I don't like this dude. Like I'm not going to be about it. He's too light. He is one of those players that we mentioned, a new age speed type of linebacker where right. you're just playing an athlete in the middle. And I was like, that's why he transferred from Florida. Cause they weren't giving him playing time. Cause he couldn't do the stuff between the trenches. And then the more I watched him, I was just like, okay, okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. And I just like kept noting these positive things for him as I watched a little bit more of him. So he's got an intriguing game, but a little bit of background from a four-star linebacker. Again, started his career at Florida, actually played safety, in high school before he moved to linebacker during his junior and senior season. So that lighter build does make sense when you know he's got that safety background to him. He had 28 total pressures and a 15.4% pass rush win percentage, which is something that I will get to. 16 missed tackles. That was 16% of a missed tackle rate, which is not great. But again, I will get into that in a second. Four forced incompletions. So again, guys making plays on the ball in coverage. And I have a, I have a category or I have a, Part of my grading scale with linebackers specifically is 
do you have an eye for takeaways? Because that is often what separates linebackers from the guys who might be replaceable to the guys who are super valuable. Do you have a knack for taking away the football? Whether it's you see things in the passing game quickly enough to get interceptions and forced incompletions, or are you constantly trying to punch the ball out now at the right times, right? You don't want to go selling out for it. You want to make sure you get the tackle, but when there are opportunities to, are you looking to knock the ball out? Cause defense coordinators are going to love the guys who are able to do that. And I think the takeaways are a big deal. And I think that Hopper has a uh, pretty good eye for takeaways. Actually, he is a first and foremost, high effort, high energy player. I mean, he is going hundred percent at all times. He's also, whether he's 230, 225, 220, I don't give a shit. Whatever he is actually listed at, he's fearless. This dude is clearly 80 pounds lighter than the offensive lineman that he's going up against and he's going to attack him. Now, he doesn't attack him going straight into the chest. This is where, this is part of his game that I actually came to love. When he attacks the line of scrimmage and they will send him on the line of scrimmage a lot, whether it's on the edge, whether it's a blitzing up the middle, he will often really try to angle himself and prioritize attacking one shoulder of the offensive lineman. And he's even got a nice little dip and rip move to him. Dude, this is the only most of what I watched in him was him rushing the passer because his his analytic profile was like pretty jarring for an off ball guy. And I'm like, are we sure this dude shouldn't be an edge? Right. But he's he's not he's too an small. Edge he's, he's, right. small. He's, he's just too small. But he he has those elusive moves where he can eliminate half of the offensive tackle that he's going up against. And when I started to watch this initially, I was like, uh, okay, he doesn't have the strength and he doesn't have the mass to go up against these guys straight into their chest. And basically, kind of like we talked about with Dumas Johnson, do the dirty work, right? When an, a pulling offensive lineman's coming right at you and it's your job to take up the offensive lineman for the guys around you to come in and make the tackle, can he do that? Well, if the situation calls for it, he's not afraid to do that. But if that's not what he has to do, he will get around these offensive linemen. And the more I watched, the more I was like, okay, this isn't really a weakness. This is an art. Like, this is actually what he is trying to do, and he is doing it extremely successfully. So that speed part of his game doesn't just show up going sideline to sideline. It shows up consistently with him attacking the pocket. So he's a fantastic blitzing player uh, as well. Um, he's really comfortable covering running backs out of the backfield. And I think, again, the speed definitely goes into that. He's not the biggest. He's not the strongest. He's not the fastest. So he's not going to be this physically imposing player that's easy to say, oh, like th this guy's going to be the next star at the NFL level. I think there's going to be a little bit of a give and take with him. But if you are looking for a fast, instinctual, good blitzing player who has that athletic ability to match up against smaller tight ends and especially running backs coming out of the backfield, this is your guy. And the more that I thought about those labels of him as a player, the more I came to the conclusion that, yes, he's a little bit lighter, but those skill sets, those traits translate. Those have a place at the NFL level. You want these guys to be better in coverage. Well, he gives you the ability to maybe neutralize a really good pass catching back. He gives you the ability to send him on a green dog blitz or send him as a looper coming right. around a defensive tackle, whatever it is. He's very comfortable with those roles, which to me are uh, are easily translatable things to the NFL level. I, I don't know if the strength profile is going to hold him back from being a full-time linebacker. He, he said himself, 
that he gained 10 to 15 pounds this offseason. Now, I don't know what that gets him to, but he said that he gained the weight. And I think it was like 10 pounds is what people were talking about. He was getting a little bit bigger. But anyways, Tyron Hopper from Missouri, my linebacker four. The more I watched him, the more I liked. I'm a fan. That's cool to hear because I think something I'm enjoying while we talk, I, I kind of I wasn't joking. I was serious how the position has devolved in certain ways at the college level. It's also evolved in that these dudes are getting more chances to get after the quarterback and play faster. And it sounds like Hopper is a pinnacle example of that. Yeah, I where, would say. Yeah. Right. Lighter, but utilizes speed and utilize um, some agility that he has to get after the quarterback. So we will be talking about him a lot on this show. Number three for me, this is to me the most fascinating. Where does Trevor have this guy? Okay. I have seen him all over for people. I've seen him number one. I've seen him not in rankings. And for me, it's it's very on brand for me. I land right in the middle with him. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is my linebacker three in this draft. I think there's a lot to unpack here, right? This is obviously the son of a former, a notable former NFL player. So he's got the name. Everybody knows that listed six feet tall, 230 pounds. He, it's interesting. He's definitely on the shorter end for a linebacker because he looks filled out. Yeah. This is one of those written down 230, And I'm like, I believe it. They actually shortchange him a couple of pounds here. And the first thing I wrote down under pros was he almost looks like someone you'd cast as a linebacker for a movie. If I need to, yeah, if, sure. Right. Yeah. That, that is what I wrote down. I was like, if I was casting, I was doing some weird football movie. Cause we know how football movies never actually use NFL licensing. I would cast this dude <laughs> for a linebacker role. That's how on the nose it is. Uh, muscles growing on muscle. I mean, I, you can even go back and, and look at like when you watch this dude play in high school, he looks like, a D1 college just football looks, just looks like a grown-ass man going yeah, up against... Yeah, grown-ass man, like the Bo Scarborough kind of thing going for him. <laughs> As a player, tremendous pre-snap vision slash diagnosis of the plays. Yes. It, it, it is cool. I, okay, something that is very cool to me, because we just did this with Chris Jenkins, right? Out of Michigan, son of Chris Jenkins. It is really cool to me to see guys that have NFL alumni fathers, how freaking smart and taught they are at the college level. It's Mm -hmm. one of those things where you kind of have an upper hand, right? Because your father played at the NFL level. So you, in theory, if assuming you have a a close relationship with him and everything, you're going to get info that not a lot of people on this planet have because to make it to the nfl and actually be a have a long nfl career is so the odds are so remarkably small i think of antoine winfield jr when i think of things like this mm-hmm. obviously we talked about jenkins on the idl show marvin harrison obviously marvin harrison who is one of the most physically gifted humans you'll see and then blends it with the craft of the position the unicorn it's cool to watch trotter play because he is so smart 
for a dude that, yes, he's muscled up and he's tough, but he is a brilliant, brilliant football player. Um, Phil's rush lanes low and with intensity. He is. I don't know if I've seen this fundamentally sound of a tackler at the college level while I've been doing this. I, I'm sure I have, but at least this summer and maybe going back to last summer, he's a near perfect tackler. He's extremely under control. He comes to balance. He missed six tackles last year. And I don't even, I feel like that's even a stretch, honestly. So <laughs> he's just, he play. he's already shorter for a linebacker. So leverage is natural to him, but he right. plays with good leverage. He's so strong. He wraps and drives. I mean, he's a perfect tackler. He's a perfect tackler. He really is, in my opinion. And a destroyer of the screen game, which goes back to point number one, how he sees things pre-snap. The negatives and why he's linebacker three. Because everybody's sitting there listening and going, how is he not linebacker one after that? How is he not in the Hall of Fame? How is he not in the Hall of Fame? (laughs) Why is he not (laughs) Thursday night on NBC? Trevor, I thought, honestly, and maybe this is just me, I thought the sideline speed is is wildly average again in the outside run game. I don't know if I built him up to be something that's unfair to him. I, I was just like, wow, he's not as quick to the corner as I hoped. He's just a step slower than I wanted. Uh, and he's got great instincts. So it's not a delay in the eyes or the brain. I just thought it was just his natural. He doesn't have big strides. He's not that tall. Right. I didn't think he was really fast. And when I say really fast, I mean, we've seen these linebackers run four fours. Yeah. You mean, four when you fives. say really fast, you mean his teammate. Well, yeah, we'll get there. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that actually right. kind of poisoned the water for me. <laughs> right. Honestly, we'll get right. there. That could have poisoned the water here. Yeah. I thought he often tried to work around or spin off blocks rarely through them. And mm. he's pretty good at that. But you you got to kind of have that other thing in your back pocket too. When you're always, I saw a couple linemen that had been climbing to him throughout the game catch on that he wasn't going to run through their chest. And they looked way too comfortable knowing he was going to try to be elusive with them. And rather going for a tank versus a tank battle, they started to adjust and just get to their spot and almost square up like a rebound, but facing him because they're like, I just can't let him around me. And he's not going to try to run through me. So I'd, this dude is. I can't imagine what he does in the weight room. I think he could run through more people. I think yeah. he can. Um, I thought the contact balance and traffic could be better. Honestly, a couple of times stumbles, falling. Yeah. He, he, him and Eichenberg were my favorite floor run defenders in this group. I mean, they're going to play in the NFL too. And I think they'll be pretty adequate, honestly, at it. They'll be pretty damn adequate at it. He's just, I, I don't, the frustrating thing with Trotter is, I don't know how much better he can get, I mm-hmm. think, is what is where it left me. He had six and a half sacks. He broke up six passes. He had a pick six. He makes plays. He's an NFL player. He's a top 70 pick today. Yeah. I don't know if he's the athlete that can truly play his way into the top 35 to 40 selections. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I have him. I have him linebacker, too. So I have him one spot above you. Um but we do see him very much the same. I think, you know, people look at highlight film 
I, well, I don't even want to say that people simply look at highlight plays from guys who aren't draft eligible yet. And they go, Oh, wait till wait this, till this draft. Guy. And we go into an exercise thinking that this guy is going to be a God now. Right. Right. That's the case with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Brock Bowers, right? Those are two players where you went, okay, yeah, they're not draft eligible. You actually put them under a microscope and it checks out. But I can't tell you guys out there how often it happens that these players that really break out as freshmen and sophomore, how very seldom it holds up once we put them under the microscope, if you will. I remember watching Trevor Lawrence thinking I'm not going to see a single blemish in this guy's scouting profile. And I did when I put him under the microscope, I went, absolutely. Okay. Like Trevor Lawrence sometimes struggles to see the defenses when they're, when they're, when they're switching things up post snap, like sometimes the accuracy isn't what it needs to be when he's throwing over the middle. So like, and so, uh, you know, there were things about his game and obviously Trevor Lawrence is a phenomenal quarterback. And I had him as an incredibly high rated prospect, but you just think these guys are going to be perfect. And it just it it very rarely holds up like that. And I think Jeremiah Trotter Jr., not to be too negative on a player that is a really damn good football player, but you watch right. him and the size is an issue. It's gonna show up. He's listed at six feet tall, 230 pounds. That would be the eighth percentile in height and the 14th percentile in weight. So this is a small off-ball linebacker, especially for a guy that you're going to play in the middle of your defense as an inside linebacker. The lack of height and weight shows up when he is trying to stay balanced. And he, like you said, trying to take contact and stay balanced and run through guys, it shows up there. He's not going to be a major difference maker in the pass rush game because he doesn't have the arm length for it. He doesn't have the burst. He doesn't have the bend for it. And the sideline to sideline speed is not the long speed is not as good as the burst is because he stops covering as much ground. It's not like he finds that next year. His teammate, Barrett Carter, which we're going to get to, that dude puts his foot in the ground and he goes zero to 60 and then he goes 60 to 90. Like he like he keeps it going. Trotter doesn't do that like his teammate does. So a lot of the negatives for Jeremiah Trotter are to me physical, which to your point, I see Jeremiah Trotter Jr. as a day two pick. Some, right. some pro- likely you. likely a second round play. Like I think that this guy is going to be just a really good second round player. I don't think he's going to be the athlete to get picked in the first round. I hope that he surprises us and goes, just kidding. I'm incredible as an athlete this upcoming season because it'd be fun as hell to watch him and Carter again on the seat in the same linebacker room, which by the way, Barrett Carter, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., uh, Trent Simpson, on the same linebacker room at the same time it's out of control it's nuts like even if you want to sit here and like point out the inconsistencies of trent simpson's game if you said to yourself that trent simpson was lb3 in a linebacker room that would be came away from this like what yeah so anyways i'm totally with you though He's so instinctual, instinctual. He's so smart. He's a good communicator. He makes plays on the ball. He had four forced incompletions. He had two interceptions. He had an 89.2 coverage grade in 2022. He had 17 total pressures. He had forced fumbles as well. He is the kind of guy who sees the game the way you want from the middle of the field. So I have him linebacker too, but we do see him very similarly. This is such a high four floor player. And the guy who I have at number three actually is along those same lines, but 
Before we get to that player, which if you were paying attention earlier in the podcast, you guys already know who it is. If you want to get on a fantasy action this season, which you're watching Connor Rogers show, so I know that that's the case, but you're sick of just managing your roster. You know, you got the injuries. Guy gets injured at the beginning of the season. You go, all right, well, there went my draft. Best ball on DraftKings, you get the best part of your team all season long, no matter what. This year, best ball on DraftKings is bigger and better than ever. $10 million in guaranteed cash prizes up for grabs. For a limited time, you could join DraftKings' largest best ball contest ever and get your first for, or get your first entry back in DraftKings dollars as soon as the draft's finished. N- act now before this offer expires, guys. Start playing best ball. In order to do it, you got to download the DraftKings app, use the promo code PFF, enter the DraftKings Best Ball Mania Contest, snake draft your team for the season. There you go. Each week, you'll automatically rack up the points from your top scores. No ads, no drops, no trades. No, oh, I should have played this guy instead. Nope. If you think you're good at drafting, this is the event for you. Teams with the most points at the end of the season will have a shot to take home $1 million in cash prizes. What are you waiting for? Head on over to DraftKings app. Sign up with the promo code PFF. Start playing best ball today. Join the DraftKings $10 million best ball tournament, and you will get your first entry back in DraftKings dollars. Only on DraftKings with the promo promo code PFF. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. One per customer. Opt-in required with a $10 entry fee. Bonuses issued is 10 DK dollars. Agent eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings dot com slash promotions for details i don't think you went too much into tommy eichenberg did you no because he's my he's my linebacker three take the fight take it away we can have the eichenberg conversation now for sure Red, red shirt senior for the buckeyes six foot two 238 pounds so the height six foot two 59th percentile nice 238 pounds, 38th percentile, so a little bit closer to 50th, but still below that 50th percentile there. A little bit of a background for him because he is a redshirt senior. So you go to your, so you say to yourself, okay, why am I betting on this guy? He's about to play his fifth year of college football. Why am I betting on him? Those sweet NIL dollars. It's those sweet, the sweet NIL sweet bucks. NIL bucks. Uh, if the last name sounds familiar, Eichenberg's older brother, Liam. Played college football at Notre Dame. Currently plays in the NFL for the Miami Dolphins. Um, he was originally committed to play, not Liam. This is now Tommy Eichenberg. Originally wanted to play at Boston College, but reopened his recruitment his full senior year. Ended up getting the scholarship from Ohio State. Chose them over Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Kentucky. All the good stuff. When we talk about run defense, Connor, when we talk about being solid in between the tackles, this guy's got it. 89.3 run defense grade. And also 77.2 coverage grade in 2022. He's just a very highly graded player, very efficient player. 15 total pressures. Eh, it was 9.6 pass rush win percentage, but that's not really what he's going to be good for or what you're going to hang your hat on with the scouting report, I should say. Three forced incompletions, 14 missed tackles, which you go, okay, 14 seems like a lot, but not really. It's only 10% missed tackle percentage, which again, one of the lower missed tackle percentages of any of the players here on this list. Number one thing, very first thing, very easy to recognize with Tommy Eichenberg. Extremely smart player. I mean, this dude notices alignments in the pre-snap. He knows how to time the snap count. I mean, there was a there was there was a run, and look, I've never played linebacker at a, at a D1 college level, so I can only go off of the tape that I see when I'm evaluating these players. But one of the games I watched, I think it was against Iowa. They're running outside zone to Eichenberg's right. Before the ball is even snapped, Eichenberg takes off, 
to the aiming point of where exactly he needs to be to cut in between the offensive lineman and go get the running back or at least blow up the play at the line of scrimmage exactly where the run lane is supposed to open up. This dude, he he fully turned his hips and just started sprinting to the right out of nowhere before the ball was even snapped because he, he knew does exactly it a lot where, because it's he knew exactly really where funny. the ball was going. He is yeah. such a smart player the floor is so high for this dude the competitive toughness is through the roof as well if he's got to go through your chest and he knows that, that you outweigh him by about 60 pounds he doesn't give a shit he's going right through your chest he can anticipate the snap count like i said the active hands when engaging the blockers i thought was also such a a beautiful nuanced technical part of his game that just explains how good of a linebacker this guy is. When offensive linemen are coming at him, whether they're climbing to the second level or whether he is attacking them on the blitz, he he does not just go straight into their chest with reckless abandon. His hands are up. And when the offensive linemen come in to shoot their hands and try to get inside him, he will swipe them away like a pass rusher. He will, he will swipe them away with single arm, with two hands, whatever it is, it's it's just so fast it's so quick it's so instinctual and it just goes into how smart of a football player he is the thing that i wish he had a little bit more was a takeaway mentality you don't even have to look i understand you don't even have to get the interceptions just go for the four like if i if we had a little bit more of a forced fumble rate from you if you were a little bit more into punching the football out that would just go such a long way because then you could bring that to your scouting profile. Hey, I'm a great run defender, but I'm also, I'm going to go get the ball for you anytime that I possibly can. If a running back's holding it loose at all whatsoever, I'm popping that bad boy out. Would love to see a little bit more of a takeaway mentality from him. He's not going to be the most athletic linebacker out there, but the floor to me is absolutely NFL caliber. So I really enjoyed Tommy Eichenberg's watch. I understand, you know, you've got, um, you've got Eric Gray above him. Right. You've got a couple of better athletes above him. You had him, I believe, would you say six or seven right outside of uh, your top five? I, I, get, I wanted to put him at five and I went with Gray instead. Well, I, I, I can understand the argument because, again, if you're looking for athletes, Eichenberg's probably not going to check those boxes. Just like Liam Eichenberg is another player that I liked coming out of his draft class. And, the, right. and one of the first things that I tell you about his scouting report is, Eichenberg's not the most athletic offensive tackle that you're going to find, but he's technically sound and he understands the position. It just feels like these two brothers, they get it. They get how to win at the position. I liked Eichenberg when he was coming out. Um, and I like, uh, I like his brother as well for those reasons. I'm with you, man. He's got a pretty nice floor at the next level. He, and you're higher on him than me, no doubt about that. But I mean, he's played a lot of football. He's been excellent against the run. He, I had a note in here. I need to pull up. I, I felt like I, he was the guy I wrote the most for out of players that were not in my top five. And it's just funny. I wrote, um, really good at cheating gaps right before the snap. He, he understands. I don't know if it's the play clock. Sometimes it's the play clock. Sometimes he just, he can tell the cadence. It's right before the ball's about to be snapped. He cheats a gap. He will literally jump right into it and then attack. Mm -hmm. He doesn't because he he could time it so perfectly. So and he he Smart really man. knows how to flow the flow to the ball. He understands where the run's going, how to flow properly with timing. Um, he sticks his nose in every play. I mean, he he can wear you out. He can because he's just in every freaking play. If you're in the front seven, you're just if you're in, on the offensive line or you're a fullback or a tight end that has to get hands on this guy, you're probably tired of him. 
honestly, by the third quarter. So Eichenberg, man, he he's just a floor guy. He really is. And number two for me could not go further away from that off the wall. This guy surprised the hell out of me. He really did. And this has just kind of been the summer scouting. Every damn defender on Michigan keeps surprising the hell out of me. Junior Colson. Oh, the, I didn't watch him. The six foot two. To Dude, end, you got him at two? I got him at <sighs> two. Him. All, right. All right. It reminds me when you had their running back really high in the rankings, and I didn't I didn't get to watch enough of him. Who, Corum um, last year? No, not or Corum. This Donovan year. Edwards. Donovan Edwards. Yeah. Michigan, you just got to watch the whole damn roster at this point. You'll find somebody. You really uh, will. Jenkins see, was a nice surprise last year. Hold on. Week. Did you see Harbaugh said that he's thinking that Michigan could break George's record for most players drafted in a single class this upcoming year? What is the record? 15. Mm. Like that. <laughs> mm. They're, I mean, their roster is really good, but I wouldn't put that on these kids. That's I wouldn't put just, that on them. That's so that's a lot. I mean, McCarthy, it just from the guys that we watched, McCarthy, Edwards, Corum, Zinter. Maybe uh, he's thinking all five O linemen go. Yeah, he's I mean he's gotta think that. All five I'll I'll give him all five O line. Roman Roman Wilson, right? If they if he thinks that Roman's gonna get drafted. Um Chris Jenkins, obviously. Oh, without a doubt. Haven't gotten to edge rushers yet. You're mentioning Colson. Colson. I have we haven't gotten to secondary players yet. So and I mean, they always got them. They always got DBs. Double double digits, maybe. 15 be a lot. They might get to 10. They might get to 10 plus. 15 to it's a lot. Good uh, good quote though. Thanks, Jim. Uh Junior Colson. 6'2, 235. Another dude similar to Gray, where he could just run for days. He finished 2022 with 101 tackles, six TFLs, two sacks. Ooh. How about this, Trevor? Born and raised in Haiti until he oh. was nine years old. He was adopted. Um, yeah, so he was in Haiti until he was nine. He was adopted. He's a pretty gifted athlete in the middle of the field. I, I wrote fast and loose, high-end balance, flies through gaps and creates chaos in the backfield. Couple of plays I really liked where zone blockers got to him and his hands jolted them. They were trying to create angles on him and he threw his hands and and they were stunned and to let him keep working through the play. I mean he he's a gifted athlete that he fits your take on uh, Hopper that if he's just so fast and twitched up that if you let him blitz and rush in certain situations he's going to give you a lot there. Mm. This type of athlete is the type of guy you could you could trust to run and cover. I mean, the only problem I really had with him, I thought he looked lighter than 235. Tell me if you've heard that on this podcast today. I mean, here we go again. <laughs> and he gets bounced around near the line of scrimmage because of that. When he's not out running or out slipping or having those plays where he won the hand battle first. I, I This is the guy that plays with his hair on fire. It is. He really is. There's, there's a certain thing that rubs off on these, these Michigan front seven guys. And this dude, he plays with a little, a little spice, right? A little paprika. There it is. A little paprika in his game. I loved watching him play. I really did. I thought they let him fly around. He was fearless. I thought he played some of his best ball in their biggest games. 
that meant a lot to me too. Yeah, I thought in the big. college, I thought in the college, the conference championship and the college football playoff, he looked phenomenal. It is a true sophomore last year. I, I think this guy's going to have a monster junior year. I really do. I can't wait to watch Michigan's defense every week with him and Jenkins. They've been two of my favorite players I've watched this summer because I had no thought that these two would be in my top five and they ended up no brainers at the top five of their position Man, groups. I got to watch them. I got to yeah, watch like them. You'll like them a lot. It sounds like it from that description. This is again, this, this is a player who it sounds like could have the total package, which, but once again, but also to be fair, it do, doesn't right. He's still getting bounced around because he's this lighter college linebacker. So it's, can you take that step? Would you say Wade? He's listed 235. I thought he looked 228, okay. something like that. Yeah, All right. I mean, tell me, well, tell me if you've heard that. Who you got linebacker too? We've heard it. Uh, I had Trotter at two. I Jeremiah, I had Trotter at two. So we had the, we had the right. so we land- conversation. So we, so I, okay, so I'm surprised. Got- nah, I'm not. Well, you're you're surprised that we have the same guy at number one? I'm not though, because you you are a fellow tape grinder, and if you grind the tape, you just know this dude's a freak. You we're gonna we're gonna get into our our our, our linebacker one uh, in a second, but before we get to that, I got to remind everybody that it's smooth sack summer. Let them know playing, when you're playing in the sun. It's you got to make sure that you're escaped from pubes to bum. That's right. It is smooth sack summer, and we're trying to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with our friends over at Manscaped, the leader in below the waist grooming. They're making sure that you have a ball this summer by giving your pants partners everything you need to stay fresh this summer. Dive in head first into smooth sack summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code PFF. Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. That's what they're advertising here. They've got everything you need to prepare that summer bod. They've also built the ultimate grooming bundle for your summer grooming experience. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Did I mention it's also waterproof? Because it is. Beach, lake, shower. Although, what did you say? What, what are we not doing? Beach and lake? This We're not terrifies me. Don't don't trim your balls in the pool or the ocean. Like, what are... <laughs> It's nice that it's waterproof in case you spill on it somewhere. I was going to say, but you can't. It's not that you should. It's right. that you could. It's that you could. You're right. And it's out of your control. It could be a drunk friend or someone being stupid. That's true. That's true. It's a, it's could, a nice perk. It's a nice you, perk. You can no be hate watching you. your friend. But you know what? You'd be, you'd be worried mentally for your friend at that point. But you wouldn't be worried about your friend's pubes if you ever would be because you're using Manscaped. Um, they're also throwing in two free gifts with the Performance Package 4.0, uh, the boxers and the Shed Travel Bag as well get 20 percent off and free shipping when you use promo code pff over at manscaped.com um that is pff 20 percent off free shipping promo code pff smooth sack summer boys let's get on board or get left behind linebacker one in this class heading into the season kind of teased it a little bit barrett carter the other clemson linebacker i'm not gonna lie to you not gonna lie to you connor before this exercise didn't really know who barrett carter was I thought if there was going to be a Clemson linebacker that I was going to have as linebacker one, it was going to be Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Because we had just gotten over Trent Simpson coming from Clemson. So I was like, oh yeah, it was Trent Simpson. It was Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Those are the two guys. And as I was watching Jeremiah Trotter, because I watched his tape first, I was like, Same. who the hell is zero? Right. Who is this guy? And, uh, you know, I come to find out, he is indeed draft eligible. 
he is that dude and that's Barrett Carter, and he is that dude. Six foot one, 225 pounds. So this is an interesting case, right? We're going to talk a lot of pros and cons, but at the end of the day, 6'1", 225, that's the 30th percentile in height and just the fifth percentile in weight. So I know what you're saying. Trev, you just talked about Isaiah Simmons at the top of the pod. Why are we doing this again? The first thing that I would tell you about Barrett Carter is that unlike Isaiah Simmons, he is not... Carter, at least, is not an athlete who happens to play linebacker. Right. He is a linebacker who happens to be a really damn good athlete. Five-star recruit, and you see that in the athletic profile. He played wide receiver in youth football, and he thought that he was going to be wide receiver at the NFL level, funny enough. But then during his sophomore season of high school, moved over to play linebacker. Then he remained a two-way player because they also put him at running back because of his athletic ability. Um, State playoff game, I have this just on record. 197 yards on the ground on just 17 attempts while having eight tackles, three sacks, and a fumble recovery on defense. Dude's an absolute monster. Um, He did not have a coverage grade an overall grade, a run defense grade, or a pass rush grade below 77.5. All of those categories were above 77.5. And this is a true sophomore. It's pretty great. Only 10 missed tackles on the entire season, five forced incompletions, which you love to see, two interceptions, and 24 total pressure. So that's a little bit of background. But Connor, what did you see in Barrett Carter to have him number one on your list? Man, he's freakish, right? I mean, this is, you've highlighted a lot of it. Former five-star, was an athlete coming out, top 20 player in that class. I'll say it right now, I think he's going to get a lot of athleticism and body comp comparisons to what Devin White was at LSU. I I could see that happening to him. Devin was heavier, but let's see. He was. Devin was listed 240 at LSU. But I I wouldn't be surprised to see Carter be at the combine at 235 easily Devin weighed Devin was six feet tall 237 pounds at the combine yeah yeah four four two yes silly nasty word. silly Car- Carter is twitchy explosive uh a run and chase athlete in the middle of the field plus play speed with range very springy I feel like what would you say coils right are just twitched on his up, heels man. just twitched yeah, he's, up. he's just bouncing around uh bouncing around reading his keys the downhill speed is just it's a lethal weapon as a blitzer or rusher there are you'll see this play a lot with him from the all 22 there is a play where he's rushing and he literally jumps over a running back in pass pro literally jumps over the running back and i think he got credit for the sack i think he makes the sack it's, and, running backs are supposed to do that to linebackers, right? They're the ones right. that are supposed to be hurdle. It was it was ridiculous. You just Uno but, reverse cards the running back. He really <laughs> that's good. Good way to put it. <laughs> he also can run through running running backs and pass pro. Run right through them. Mm-hmm. Can legitimately turn and run down the field in coverage with pass catchers. Dude, did you watch the Boston College game? Yes. So you saw the one rep where he's in Tampa too as the as the dropping mic. And I think he I remember this, what you're talking he about. He carries this dude like 40 yards yes. down the field. He's just running. Like it's nothing. The way he can open up his hips and turn and run. It it's so freakishly natural that you forget mm-hmm. you're watching a linebacker. 
I mean, this guy, okay, if if the league is going to put the Dalton Kincaid's and Kyle Pitts and Darren Wallers and obviously the greats like Kelsey and Goddard, if they're going to flex them off the line of scrimmage, what is your counter to that? You got to find the guys from Mars. And this is the guy from Mars. So I will bet the house on traits like this any day of the week. This yeah. guy is just, I mean, he's got the poncho on and traits are just dripping off of him. All of them, speed, explosiveness, short area, quicks, acceleration. Uh, I, I think the only thing I wrote down right now that, you know, I'm going to be watching this year to grow He's very see ball get ball right now rather than instincts. Oh, uh, but he I wrote the same thing down, man. He but he's so good at see ball get ball. He understands how to op- find his lanes and take angles that he might never even be a high end instinctual player and it might not even matter. It might not matter. But if he finds that you're talking all pro potential. All pro. So, so, so we loved I- him. Obviously we loved him. That is, that is, you know, I, I echo a lot of his strengths, man. I think that uh, he flips his hips incredibly well. He's one of the very few linebackers in this class that actually has legit twitch to him, like can can put his foot in the ground and all of a sudden he's going top speed in two seconds. Um, the change of direction ability is fantastic. Uh, he's so fluid in his movements. Um, like we mentioned, he could drop back in coverage as far as a, a Tampa 2 drop all the way into the middle of the field as like a third safety. But I also think he has that strength ability to be to to, to hold up between the tackles. Uh, he's not afraid to stick his nose in between offensive line, but not afraid to do the dirty work, and that's a really important box to check. Uh, I, the only real two negatives that I have, and not to say that he's a perfect prospect, but you got to remember that he was a true sophomore, so a lot of this stuff is going to get better, anyways. Hopefully, naturally, uh, I I agree. The number one thing is that he reacts more than he anticipates right now. Yeah, and for a player with his athletic ability, if you get him to and you know what i think is really going to help him the fact that i uh jeremiah trotter jr is standing right next to him right you're like this guy i don't know if i don't i don't know how much these guys are friends i don't know how much they work together off the field and in the film room or whatever but if barrett carter can just take what jeremiah trotter jr does already from an anticipation level i mean carter's going to be a top 20 draft pick yep yes Easily. And when the other note that I have here is that he's not really, he doesn't really have a takeaway mentality right now. Now it makes sense because you're a true sophomore. You're just trying to keep your head above water. You're trying to make it so you deserve to be a starter at a D one level, especially at a program like Clemson that's playing every single Saturday means the world to them. Cause they're trying to compete for a national championship, right? right? You're just trying to not screw up. So it makes sense that you're not taking these crazy risks with takeaways especially since you just have, don't have a lot of snaps under your belt. But if he can get to the point where he's anticipating where the ball is going, I mean, we're talking three, four interceptions easily within reach for him, five to six forced incompletions, which would be fantastic numbers. And I'd love to see a couple of forced fumbles too, because I know that he's got the ability to do it. So takeaways and anticipation, those are the two things that I'm looking to see for Carter. But right now, I think this is a first-round player. And he's a first-round linebacker right now. Right now, I would probably tell you that this is somebody whose athleticism alone you're going to bet on at the back end of the first round and um, another improvement and a step in the right direction. And you're talking about a top-20 player. So, I, like I said, can't believe 
we're talking about a linebacker like this and it's not Jeremiah Trotter Jr. I have the two right now. I've got to watch Colson. And like I said, there's a, there's a couple more linebackers that I need to watch, but as of right now, I'm going into summer scouting with Clemson having the top two draft eligible linebackers in the entire class, which is nuts. 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 It was wild to walk out after watching that defense. And I, I, so I watched Trotter and I'm like, he's going to be in my top five. I, I, wasn't disappointed, but I wasn't blown away. I was just like, okay, he's a, he's a nice player. He's mm-hmm. probably going to be, I was like, he's probably going to be number two or three for me, depending on how this goes, but someone's going to pop. And then I watched Barrett Carter right after, and I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I was, it's just, and, and you, when you, there's certain backgrounds that excite you, right? Athlete, you know, top 20 of his class, five star. You mentioned the freakish rushing numbers, Trevor. When you start to think of things like you see things like that, you you know you have your types, and you're like, okay, this dude, if he if he put this kind of production out, let's see what it looks like. And when you play fast, playing fast in this position is what matters at the next level right now. And, he and plays there's fast. and there's so much that you have to think about as a linebacker in order to play fast, right? Going back to the conversation we had at the beginning of the podcast, you are constantly checking with the defensive line you're looking at your i mean good lord man play action rate going through the roof and rpo concepts becoming more popular than ever insane dude it's an impossible job to play linebacker like I'm, i'm i'm watching a lot of these reps and it's like okay i'm watching these linebackers fall for play action but I'm sitting here telling myself, okay, well, what else were they going to do? Like, what else are they supposed to do? This is their assignment. You fit the run first, then you figure it out after. That's why play action is so important, even if you're not establishing the run. Uh, so yep. anyways, we're, we're not getting into that, that whole debate. But that's just to say, to find a linebacker that even has the potential to do it all is somebody that you need to take note of and somebody that deserves to be drafted high and paid high to get back to linebacker value and our kind of our thoughts on that. So anyways, those are our top fives. I'll, I'll go over mine. Connor, you go over yours and let's shout out a couple of players who maybe just didn't make the list. Cedric Gray. I have at number five, the linebacker, the senior linebacker from UNC. I got Tyron Hopper, the redshirt senior from Missouri. Number four, Tommy Eichenberg, the redshirt senior from Ohio state at number three, Jeremiah Trotter, jr. Their junior linebacker from Clemson at two. And then Barrett Carter, the junior from Clemson at number one. Number five for me, same as you, Cedric Gray, UNC. Number four, Jamon Dumas Johnson, the linebacker out of Georgia. Number three, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. out of Clemson. Number two, maybe the surprise here, Michigan's junior Colson. Number one, the man that wears zero, Barrett Carter, also out of Clemson. Anybody you want to give a shout out to? I got um I got two that I think I could give a shout out to that um, okay. some people might Let's take a look. They might have on their watch list. Um, and these are right. just names that I could talk about. Danny Stutzman is one of them from Oklahoma. Okay. Really interesting build here with him. He is a true junior, six foot four, 240 pounds. So this is 93rd percentile, and then right in the middle at the 50th percentile. Um, you love the the size. I mean, the size is really cool. You look at him and you go, oh, okay, are we watching another Drew Sanders here? We're not, not yet. 
he's got to gain weight. Stutzman has to gain weight. You watch him and he is just thin. And that shows up, man. I mean, he loses the power battle against a lot of different offensive linemen. Um, He's got a lot of missed tackles that have to do with his lack of strength. So he's just got to get a lot stronger. And he's also, he's not nearly as twitched up as, uh, as Sanders was Sanders, former edge rusher. So he had that burst ability and Sanders just isn't quite that kind of a player. So he is somebody that's intriguing because of his size, but honestly, like, this dude's got to play like 255, 260, if you ask me. Like, he's got to get bigger, and you might be looking more towards the rotational, like Sam linebacker type of guy when you're trying to get um, a little bit more meat on the field with those three linebacker sets. So that's kind of my thoughts on Stutzman. And then the other one that I wanted to mention, Omar Spates, who is a redshirt senior linebacker, played at Oregon State for four years, then he moved over to LSU. This is his first year at LSU. I know a lot of people like him. And I think they like the athleticism of him. Speed, quickness, that's totally his game. He's a sideline-to-sideline guy. I think he's a smooth mover as well. But there's a reason. He's six foot one. They got him listed at 235 pounds. I think he's 230 max. So we're talking below the 30th percentile on both height and weight. Um, he's pretty easily swallowed up by pulling offensive linemen. Doesn't have that punch at contact, even when he's crashing. And you always look to see if a guy's strengths are NFL caliber. I think Spates wins with speed right now in college. I don't know if it's fast enough to win as a speed backer at the NFL level. Like Tyron Hopper is a speed linebacker, but I think the level of speed in which he operates it can still stand out at the at the next level where you go, okay, you're a little bit lighter, but you clearly win with speed. It's an area where you can make a difference on the field. I don't know if Spates is that fast. So instead, it's just kind of a smaller linebacker who's a little bit quicker. Are you going to get swallowed up in the powerful game that is um, box play in the NFL? So uh, those are my two thoughts on those guys who I feel like a lot of people are going to bring up. Two for me, uh, Curtis Jacobs from Penn State. Curious you know, to see what he could do this year. Penn State, obviously notorious for getting really, really good linebacker play. I think he's somebody that a lot of people have eyes on as well. Uh, and then one, got to give some love to a smaller school guy. How about Jason Henderson from Old Dominion? Uh, I want to give Henderson a shout out because he led all of college football in tackles last year with 186. Good Lord. The man, the man is tired. <laughs> I mean, good God. <laughs> what are they just like not running into the ball and they're trying to get him to break the record or what? He was pretty damn close. What is the I, NCAA record? I think he was seven away. He was close, really, really close. NCAA record, most tackles in a single season. But yeah, the uh, man's exhausted. Wait, how many did you say he had? Uh, I had him with, hold on one second. Oh, ESPN 186, I had, right? I had him with 186. I think that's what the school did. It looks like ESPN has him with 179. Okay, so I'm looking at sports reference right now. They have Henderson at 186. Yeah, this is the second most tackles in a single right. season in NCAA history. Number one. Yeah, who who has the record? Luke Keekley. Yes, I hope he. I hope nobody ever breaks that. And, and it's and it's one ninety one. So he was close. He was five away. He was now you know what's close. even better than that? The fact that before last year, the second most tackles in a single season, Luke Keekley. Insane. It's insane. Luke Keekley. Dude. 
had one an animal one tackles and 183 tackles in back-to-back seasons it, and i mean wait well, hold on wait his true freshman season he also had a top 20 tackle mount 185 or 158 sorry this is insane i didn't realize this i remember one of those years this guy's a machine machine complete machine why he's one of the best linebackers ever i was gonna say at least since the century opened but never with henderson it's not too often you see a linebacker out of pennsylvania make it away from happy valley so that's a cool story yeah so He's um, he's killing it for old dominion yeah, you, you heard it from Connor, uh, Jason Henderson, the next Luke Keekley. So there you go. Here. I said it. Put it on a quote card. Roast my ass. <laughs> Let's hear what you guys have to say about the linebacker rankings. There's a lot of different flavors here. Obviously, there's plenty of players that we didn't get to on this podcast. I'm sure you guys know from watching college football, whether it's your team, whether you're just a fan, whether you are an aspiring NFL draft analyst yourself, we would love to hear from you. Let us know what you think of our list and fire off some guys that we didn't think about that we would love to hear your initial scouting reports on as well. Best way to do that, youtube.com backslash at NFL Stock Exchange. That is the YouTube channel for the show. While you're there, like the video, smash subscribe on the channel. We got over 11,000 people subscribed to the channel. Damn! You guys are incredible. Incredible, incredible, incredible. We love you so much. Thank you for letting us crush that 11K threshold before. Dude, I would, can we do, can we do 12K before the season starts? got to listen we got to i mean edge rushers will pop you know what'll pop off i know it'll get us there what's gonna get us there our mock draft our preseason mock draft oh hell yeah baby cheat code hell yeah cheat code yeah let's let's space it out and just do one episode is every five picks so we can milk it as hard as possible you gotta subscribe so you don't miss a a pick i mean we're not gonna do that no we're not we're never gonna be that big a seller we're not gonna do that but obviously if you guys are new, we're not organized enough to be sellouts that's true we are obviously gonna get to the mock draft uh sometime at the end of august once we get done with all the positions we'll give you our big board episodes as well as we kind of get through all the guys and kind of culminate hey these were our rankings of this position but how do we see this position lining up against the others as we head into the season? If you are audio only and you want to get in on the show, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, sorry, no, no, no. Hit us up on X. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't even know. I lo- You know how many times a day I lose track of the tab? I'm like, man, I closed Twitter again. I never do that. And then it's X. Oh, By the way, not to, state to, crush the- your soul. Not to state the obvious, but boy, does it look like a porn tab on desktop now x it's, with a like a red it's not great it's it's a terrible it's look great. it's a terrible look it's not great but I, I mean don't pull up x at your parents house you know you just got you don't are we back on threads <laughs> i don't know i don't know just when i, I thought i was yeah. out they pulled yeah. me yeah. back yeah. in that's, that's... Oh maybe, man. Maybe we are. Welcome back. Um, but Greg. hit us up on X, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on threads, I guess. Uh, right. Sure. Uh at Tampa yeah. Bay Trey, at Connor J. Rogers. Yeah, we would love to hear from absolutely everybody. So uh, like we said, pivoted a little bit here. Went with the linebacker episode. Edge rusher is coming next week. We're gonna give you Oh, as many edge rushers as we could possibly watch. We hope it's going to be kind of like that wide receiver episode where we're watching at least 15 of these guys because the edge rush position is deep. Uh, we know that y'all got takes on it, and we know that every single fan base in the NFL needs more 
edge rushers, no matter who you are. Damn so you're right. always looking for those guys where there's first round players, second, third, you want as much edge depth as possible. We're going to find you that talent. So you guys know who to watch heading into the college football season. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you next time on the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast.